Today on the show, we battle the elements, go to church, and say no thanks to that second helping of venison. podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Connor. And boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah. Normally say that like, hey, we've got some sort of special episode, but we got like a particularly dark, dark, dark episode to come. And that's today. saying something for this show because we've gone to some dark places before. Uh, we're in the winter period of The Last of Us on HBO season one. And uh, yeah, shit's getting real. This was a doozy. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny when you consider like a few episodes ago, we saw a dude kill his little brother. So it's like... And then himself, yeah. This was far darker. <laughs> yeah. yeah this was it's it's only gone downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, don't sign me up for the mushroom apocalypse. It's not. It's not fun. <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, yeah, the, the winter chapter of the video game, The Last of Us Part One, is I feel like it's one of the most impact. It's probably it's for me, arguably, it's the most impactful part of the game. It's like kind of the climax of the story, like or at least it's it's one of the peaks of where the the you know the conflict goes. And this episode had big shoes to fill as far as adapting that story. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into all of that. There's a lot to cover. Lot we have both have a lot to say, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, as always, let's do a little housekeeping. So we would love to hear from our listeners. You know, so email us at podcast at loreparty.com with your thoughts and questions, and you might see them on a future episode. Don't ask me any questions about this episode. <laughs> Just please don't. <laughs> We're gonna be tapped out after this. So uh Yeah, yeah. Ask me questions about a different episode. Just don't ask me questions about this one. <laughs> <laughs> if um, if you want to ask Lawrence questions directly about episode eight that he can ignore, uh, you can find him on Twitter and Twitch at produced by underscore LK. That's again at produced by underscore LK on Twitter and Twitch. Yeah, slide in those DMs and uh, I will ignore you. Uh, <laughs> and you can find Connor and, and, and similarly harass him at Connor Howard VO on Twitter. That is Connor with an ER, Howard mm -hmm. VO. And you can find him on his website at ConnorHowardVO.com. That's right. So, you know, direct that harassment over there. <laughs> and of course, you can connect with the entire Lore Party team in general on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore party. So it looks like this uh, totally normal pot of beef stew is ready for consumption. So we will be right back. <laughs> nice. Nothing suspicious about that pot of the stew at all. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is just totally normal.
Okay, we're back, and before we dive in, if you haven't watched Episode 7 of The Last of Us on HBO, titled When We Are in Need Yet, now's the time to pause and uh, go watch it, in case you don't want to hear any spoilers, because we will be breaking down and recapping the entire episode after this point, so you have been warned. Spoilers ahead. Yes. You want to know, before we get started, the most interesting thing is like this this episode can be summed up in an It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia clip. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this ought to be good. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's the Frank Reynolds uh, raccoon meat thing. <laughs> oh my there's God, just, man. I was thinking about just... that earlier. They accidentally eat raccoon meat thinking it's people. <laughs> they just, yeah. <laughs> And there's there's a whole scene where he's like that which you have just consumed, that which your teeth have chewed, and your taste buds have savored. I was like, oh yeah, this is. I was like, yeah, this is entire. This is the entire episode. It just goes to show you every any idea you ever have for TV or storytelling in general. Always Sunny in Philadelphia has probably done it already. <laughs> it, it, they. It's a good thing they didn't do this, but it would have also been funny if Danny DeVito was David, but that would have totally destroyed this Oh, my this God. Episode. We'll find those lost tapes eventually. <laughs> we'll find that director's cut someday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so episode seven of The uh, Last of Us, uh, titled Left Behind, ended on a rare note of promises. Ellie uh, sewed up a wounded Joel showing that Ellie wouldn't leave behind her traveling companion, sticking it through no matter the danger. We watched as the vulnerable Joel had to rely on Ellie for his life and the realization of Joel's fears that he wouldn't be able to protect her on their journey to the Fireflies. But in this episode, uh, things get even darker. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, like we have the the bond between these two is like, Finally, we're at that point where it's like finally cemented. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're also going to see that Ellie is, uh, you know, capable of taking care of herself. Yeah. And even Joel, when the need arises. Yeah. They can kick ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can they can be a team. Yeah, they, they make a good team. Um, and they're going to need to uh, with what they're about to face because episode eight begins with uh, some new faces. We're introduced to some new people. Uh a man is reading from a Bible. He's reading the verse Revelations 21, uh, which speaks of a new heaven and a new earth and the first ones that had passed away. And so as we hear these words, uh, we, we kind of are treated to a view of a new town, like a uh, you know, community, but not the same kind of community we saw in Jackson, Wyoming. It's almost like the opposite because the buildings are covered in snow. They seem abandoned. There's no people on the streets. There's no really real liveliness going on. Uh, the town looks cold and empty, except for this communal gathering space. It looks like it's inside an old restaurant where a man's reading from the Bible, and this man is named David, that we find out. He's reading to, you know, he's reading the Bible to a group of people who look desperate and haggard and hungry, just worn out. This is a worn-out group of people. And uh, as he's reading from the Bible, David hears a girl crying nearby. So he stops and goes over to her. So yeah, this, everybody in the scene, I just got to say this. I was like, did cottage core, like make a big (laughs) comeback and 
<laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm seeing some like homemade clothes on some of these people, like hand stitched stuff. That's what it looks like, at least. Yeah, I was like, did everybody just get into dresses and stuff in the middle of winter time? I was like, I don't know. I was just like, where the f- like it, it, that part? I was just like, what the fuck? It's like Handmaid's yeah. Tale or some shit. <laughs> like it was just weird. <laughs> that that part I was like, oh, that's that's just strange. But hey, you yeah. know, whatever. But, uh, you know, inside this old steakhouse, uh, there's a banner that reads, when we are in need, he shall provide. And David, uh, David says he's read this passage too many times. And the girl says she doesn't remember what comes next. David recites, and God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes, for there will be no more death. So, you know, hey, we're religious angle. Here we go. Oh, yeah. So neither sorrow, uh, oh yeah, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither will there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. The girl nods that she knows what that means, and David shows the girl compassion. As he walks away, the girl asks, "When can we bury him?" David looks around and meets eyes with James, who's played by Troy Baker, the guy who yeah. voiced Joel in the video games. The man, the myth, the legend, our boy. Yeah, he's James. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's your role. I thought you were a random henchman, but hey, he's he's got a he's got a part. <laughs> that's right. After David locks eyes with uh, James, you know, he he just tells this girl that eh, the ground is too cold, and they can't bury this man or bury this man until the spring. And that's when we find out that the man he's talking about is the girl's father. Like he says, we'll bury your father in the spring. So this is like a funeral for, you know, a man who left behind a family. And, you know, that's a, I find this interesting because like we find out later, there's a, there's a, there's a significance to the look that David and James share for a second there. Like, you know, we find out that there's more to this whole thing about this dead guy <laughs> that we are not, that we're, that we're being given right now. But at the same time, that's a very plausible explanation. Like David saying, no, the ground's too cold. We got to wait till spring. That's, that's, that's very reason. That's very real realistic. Like you can't go outside and just hack the ground apart with a shovel. Like the, it's, it's, uh, too, you know, it's frozen solid. So, um, at, at, on first watch, when I first watched this episode, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't really give it a second thought, but we find out later that there's, a, there's more to that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so after the meeting, uh, David is kind of standing outside the building, letting, you know, greeting people as they leave. A very classic pastor move. It's usually something you'll see a priest or, or whatever doing after service is over, shaking hands, saying, hey, have a good one. Take care. And he's telling people, he's, he's reassuring people. He's, he, he's obviously the leader. Like everyone seems to be looking to him for guidance. And he's telling people after this church service, we're going to get through this. Y'all just, you know, take care and keep the faith and look after each other. And so after everyone leaves and David and James are alone, David asks uh, James, how much do we have left of our venison, elk, rabbit? Just how much meat do we have? And James says, if we ration it, we have maybe a week, two at best. Uh, but he also mentions that there have been some deer spotted nearby that um, could be nothing, could be, you know, could be a possible, you know, food source. But, you know, we don't know yet. So James is about to walk away. And David says, I, I sensed uh, doubt in there. And, you know, James kind of shrugs it off. He says, those people, they still they haven't lost faith in you, David. They're just scared. Don't worry. And David clarifies, I wasn't talking about them. 
And so, you know, he kind of stares at James and, you know, again, James kind of shrugs it off again and says, you know, it's just been a rough six months. Don't worry. I'm still with you. So David seems to accept this and he says, all right, well, get your gun. We're going hunting. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's been, it's been a, it's been a weird six months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, mushroom Lord. people, you're running out of food. It's cold as fuck. You know, it's, it's, they take it out on, that would, you know, take it out of anybody. Yeah, cottage core comes back. It's it's the whole <laughs> a whole lot of weird stuff. <laughs> you become everybody's dad. Uh, so then we we cut back to uh, Joel and Ellie, and Joel is still prone on the basement of the house they're hiding in. Um, but the you know the wound isn't looking good. Ellie puts water on Joel's lips, and she shares some of the food that they have left. But Joel is pretty unresponsive. You know, Ellie's just, you know, Ellie says that she'll be right back and takes Joel's rifle and heads out into the woods to go hunting. And um, she sees a rabbit, but the rabbit runs off and she trips and falls on her face, which kind of felt real bad at that point. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this, this girl is struggling. Um, you know, we're still we're seeing right now still that Ellie from the last episode or a little bit from the the episode beforehand where she was like, I'm I'm fucked if you die. But she's also mm-hmm. a little bit more capable because she is out here with the rifle and she is like providing for both of them now, which is like huge for her. She's still like, you know, new at it. Right. And so, like, you know, she keeps walking and, uh, you know, she hears an odd noise and then she finds this deer. And, uh, you know, she hits the ground and she follows basically everything Joel told her in a previous episode about how mm-hmm. to use the gun. And she gets the deer, shoots it. Uh, it's a clean. Well, it's a it's a hit. And then the deer runs off. Yeah. She Not an instant it. kill, but a hit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the thing about hunting deer is like you want to you want to try and kill it on the first shot if you can. Uh, fortunately, it's not a direct hit on the vitals. But the good news is. They leave blood behind when they run away after you shoot them. So uh, the the deer's left a trail of blood that Ellie follows. And uh, we find out that the deer died eventually, but David and James have found it first. So we just kind of cut to these two guys standing over a dead deer, just kind of looking around confused, like, what happened here? (laughs) They they seem like, you know, they're not sure. Like, oh, can we... It's it was so funny. It's like there's like looking like it's a uh, twenty dollar bill on the sidewalk. Like, can we take this? <laughs> yeah. Anybody looking for this? Uh, yeah, I would have been like free meat. Just out of been <laughs> yeah. dragging that. I'd be like, whoa, what are you guys waiting for? Let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah. James is like, well, I mean, I guess we can just take it, right? And David says, yeah, let's hurry though, because whoever shot is probably still nearby, and they're about to just scoop up this you know dead animal and take it home with them. But Ellie gets the drop on them. She kind of comes up from behind and shouts, drop your rifles. And uh, I can tell for me, like what I took away from this is like you can hear in her voice. She's like trying to sound more authoritative and threatening than she probably would otherwise. She kind of lowers her pitch a little like drop your rifles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, David turns around and he sees a teenage kid holding him at gunpoint. He's trying to break the ice like, hey, you're pretty quiet there. You're pretty uh, sneaky. We didn't even hear you. And. Ellie's not having it, though. She just says, you know, I won't tell you again. Drop your guns. So David and James, they comply. They drop their guns. Um, but David just doesn't give up on trying to make conversation with her. He says, hi, uh, my name is David. This is my friend James. We're from a larger group, you know, women, children, families. And we're all very hungry. And Ellie kind of matches the energy. She lies, though. We know she's lying when she says she's also from a large group and they're also very hungry. 
So she's kind of just meeting him where he is. And uh, David kind of points out, well, even if that's the case, you're probably not going to be able to drag this deer back on your own. So what if we can trade? You know, he's, he says, uh, we're not looking for a handout. We can trade with you. Uh, what do you need? We can give you what you need. And she kind of like blurts out, do you have medicine? Kind of like uh, almost kind of giving away the game. Like your sound comes off a little too desperate. <laughs> just yeah. like, hey, do you have medication? Yeah. Like for infections? So, yeah, that was, uh, she did kind of, kind of play her cards too soon there. A little bit. But yeah, I, yeah, like, man, this, this all could have been solved. She just shot them with the rifle. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Like, she maybe uh, would have avoided some of the situation facing her if she just plugged James and David right away. But she might not have gotten that penicillin that she needs to save Joel. Yeah. Um, who knows? But no, I, I one other thing, I did find it very funny. I, I like the, I appreciated this little detail where she tells David, you know, don't move or I put one right between your eyes. And then she, it, then she says, ditto for buddy boy. And I love how she's referring to James as buddy boy. Cause that's what Ellie does in the video game. Like it, same, same yeah. goes for buddy boy over there. I just loved the term buddy boy being used so much. Amy, <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets the name. They never use it. Never use it at all. I know it's, it's great. It's hilarious. Hey, this is uh, this is James. No, that's not James. That's Buddy Boy. You, you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> and then he's just so distrusting, and I'm like, yeah, because because this guy's been on the the other side. He right. was Joel. <laughs> he knows what happens right. here. <laughs> so David says that they do have medicine, um, and that Ellie can follow them, but Ellie refuses. Which honestly, I was like, good move, girl. Don't go with these goddamn strangers. That's smart. Yeah, thank you. I'm like I'm like Ellie. I mean, there's. There's no doubt that Ellie is, you know, smart and resourceful, especially like we talked about last episode, how, you know, could have she could have been an officer in Fedra and everything. Mm-hmm. But like Ellie is just no no one's fool. So I, I do like that. She just was like, nah, try again. And so Ellie says that James can go and get the medicine and come back and then they'll half the deer, which is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, so uh, David tells James to go get some uh, penicillin and needles. And uh, James is looking uncertain about the order. Like he's there's something about this situation that's like really got him like pissed off looking and frozen in place. And he's just like mm-hmm. looks suspicious. And so David tells him that like it's not code. Do what he says. Go get the damn medicine. Mm-hmm. And then James eventually goes back to get the medicine, uh, leaving Ellie and David alone in the woods together. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we have an, another awkward situation, uh, strangers having to pass time. Like we saw this in episode two, where it's just, you know, we had Joel and Ellie just kind of sitting in a hallway <laughs> making small talk. Uh, yeah. But in, in this scenario, there's the added tension of Ellie keeping the rifle trained on David the entire time. And so another detail I found really, really cool and interesting is how she's keeping him covered She's keeping the rifle pointed at him the entire time as she bends over or kneels down to unload the rifles that David and James brought so that David can't grab one and use it on her. So she's, again, resourceful, pretty smart, not entirely as like, you know, experienced and world weary as uh, say Joel would be, but she knows her shit. Like she knows, hey, I'm going to unload these so you can't use these. You know, she, um, so yeah. after that's over. They just, he. They just stand there for a second, and David recommends, oh, "Let's. Why don't we uh, just go and you know go get some shelter and start a fire, and we'll pass the time there." And he also asks Ellie, you know, if that if the gun she's carrying belongs to her dad, and if he's the one who's sick. Ellie doesn't answer though, and so 
you know, that's when David points out, hey, it's four miles round trip between here and here and where we came from. So we might be waiting a while. That's when they go inside and start the fire. And as they sit by the fire, you know, David just doesn't let up. He keeps trying to make conversation. Allie is really not giving giving anything back to him. Uh, he's, you know, assuring her, hey, I mean no harm at all. Uh, there's even room in our community for you if you want to join us, if you want to, you know, you'd be safer with us, yada, yada. It's not safe out here for your, by yourself. Allie kind of finally, you know, responds and asks David, like, well, it sounds like you're the leader of this hunger club. <laughs> he just kind of points out, like, why would I want to join you if you're starving? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when, you know, David admits, like, yeah, yeah, we're hungry, but we've, you know, made it this far under my leadership, which again, which he points out, he didn't choose. People just kind of gravitated towards him and his community chose to follow him. They look to him for leadership, not because he sought the position is uh, the way he puts it. David is the uh, leader of the Donner Party. That's his political <laughs> affiliation. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Free meat for everybody. <laughs> just don't yeah. ask about it. Yeah. So like, what I love, what I love about this part too is like, and you know, Ellie asks uh, if it's a cult right off the bat. I was like, oh yes, thank you, thank you, because yeah, like, good, yeah, always a good question. Like overly to ask. religious, <laughs> yeah. Especially in this time, I'm like, I'm not buying what you're selling because he keeps mm -hmm. doing this. Like, can I get ten seconds of your time? Can I get ten seconds of your time? Blah 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 blah. I'm from this fantastic group, even though I told you we were. Yeah, like a door-to-door -door witness, okay. almost. Like, can I talk to you about uh, yeah, <laughs> about Hunger Club? <laughs> right, like my, I just told you my people were starving, but at the same time, I've been like, hey, you should join this group. It's awesome. Like, we're all <laughs> right. hungry. It's, it's fucking great. <laughs> just, <laughs> we can be hungry together. <laughs> and so, like, you know, after, you know, he's asked if it's a cult, David jokingly says, like, that, you know, she's got him there. He's a preacher, but mm. just the normal stuff. <laughs> yeah, just like, what's oh, in the Bible. Okay. Yeah, yeah kind of. It's all above board. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, just the norm, normal stuff. Yeah. Ellie, you know, Ellie mentions that, uh, you know, that even after the world has ended, like he still believes that shit. But David says that he became a preacher after the outbreak, which to me is a gigantic red flag. I found religion after this. I'm like, ah, yeah. so you found that like crazy, that crazy religion where like you're the top dog. That's that would be my thing. I'd be like, I'm mm -hmm. gonna, I'm gonna like cock this gun <laughs> now because <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not laying off this trigger at all <laughs> right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is I'm I'm pointing this gun at you even more if that's possible. <laughs> um, and, you know, like a David, you know, David, yeah, he's like, I became a, a believer after the outbreak, but, uh, and that before he was a preacher, he was a math teacher that taught children just like her. Ellie jokes with him and, uh, we can see the wall between those two start to like crumble just like a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, David says that he found God after the apocalypse, which is either the best or worst time to find him. I would say the worst, but I guess there are two schools of thought on that, but <laughs> I'd still say it's the worst. And so, like, he, we find out also that, you know, David's from Pittsburgh. So all you people that were salty about Pittsburgh not being in here, there you go. It's in Pittsburgh here. Pittsburgh mansion, baby. There you go, yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh, you guys got David. Yeah. Fucking crazy people, you crazy bastards. <laughs> so David is basically your average Steelers fan, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> David's David's definitely your average Steelers fan showing up with random meats. <laughs> Posing his will over everybody, bragging about how he's so great. <laughs> sounds like oh, yeah. God, my wife sounds about Pittsburgh. right. She's gonna love this. <laughs> my wife is gonna really love this trashing on Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> but you know, after we find that the Pittsburgh quarantine zone actually fell in 2017, mm. so uh, it's it's gone. So Pittsburgh is just like it is in the game. It is totally destroyed by Fedora and by the Fireflies. Uh, wow. So David basically co uh, collected a community of people from the Pittsburgh quarantine zone uh, and they settled, you know, somewhere, but then Raiders would come and then they'd have to move again and then they'd end up picking up more and more people. So we see this like why there's all of these people at the very beginning that are just like totally attached at the hip and following David's every word. Right. These are people that he's like kind of picked up on his journey. They're his sheep and he is their shepherd. That's that's interesting. Yeah, he, he definitely seems to style himself as a shepherd, you know, someone who looks out for the people who look to him for leadership. And yeah, that 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 that, is, that does help us. That does give us some color about, you know, some background about this group and how tight knit they are. Because if if it's the core of this community is a group of people who've been together since Pittsburgh, you know, with stragglers picked up along the way, you know, from Pittsburgh to Colorado, that's you know, yeah, they've been just nomadic for. Uh, almost a dozen years at that point. So, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna create a tight knit community for sure. So, you know, he shared, David shares how, okay, we eventually settled here, but we're, you know, it's, it's, it's cold and harsh here and we've had trouble getting through the winter. And cause that, that's when Ellie points out like, well, your luck had to run out sooner or later, but David shakes his head and he says, no, no such thing as luck. See, I believe that everything happens for a reason. I loved this scene so much. This was when the tension starts to turn up and we start to see behind the mask and uh, David reveals uh, his intentions and some of the, and this unknown connection between him and Ellie because, you know, Ellie doesn't believe him. Like, yeah, right. Everything happens for a reason. What are you talking about? And David says, no, I can prove it to you. And this was like pulled straight from the game in such a good way. I loved the use of this dialogue where David, you know, kind of just explains, like, hey, so this winter has been especially cruel to us. And, uh, you know, a while back, I sent four people, I sent four men to a nearby town to scavenge for food, and only three came back. The one who didn't come back was a father who had a daughter about your age, uh, and he was murdered by a crazy man. Uh, and get this, this crazy man was traveling with a little girl and I just loved like the it was delicious this tension of watching Ellie's face when it re when it dawned on her oh shit he's talking about Joel and I and um god yep. it was this was this was an incredible scene yeah that guy was who was batting 3,000 <laughs> the guy who gave Joel the home run fever was one of David's men <laughs> yeah <laughs> The great Bambino himself. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I like, I loved this scene because it was like, yeah, he was murdered by a crazy man. I was like, he came at Joel with a baseball bat and broke yeah. it on a tree, but you know. Right, let's get that straight. Like, the dude like, hit, yeah, the dude swung first. Come on. Yeah, like, you came at me and then you got your neck broken. And I'm like, hey, man, all is fair in love and war. Don't start like, now, don't as be As Lil' John said, <laughs> exactly. There yeah. you go, exactly. 
<laughs> Good. Like, uh, like you should have followed the ancient uh, teachings of Lil John. <laughs> 2001 was a long time ago, guys. <laughs> this is this is your scripture now. Put down that Bible and pick up a little, uh, uh, you know, a little genre album, and you'll you, you'll learn a lot more. I think from that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should have been teaching in a sermon. And so you know, <laughs> and so at this point, Ellie realizes that you know the man that David is talking about, obviously, is the person that we talked about, the great Bambino, the guy who stabbed Joel with a baseball mm-hmm. bat. And, um, you know, David smiles and says, everything happens for a reason. And as it turns out, James has returned at basically the same time and is behind Ellie and he's aiming his gun at her. James and Ellie hold their guns at each other. uh, And James ends up lowering his and David tells James to, you know, give her the medicine, which is, you know, uh, visibly rubs James the wrong way because James is like, nah, I've would rather much just put her down. But uh, uncertain, James does as he's told. And uh, David says that he knows that, um, you know, she's not from a big group and that he can protect Ellie. But Ellie isn't here in this. She takes the medicine and runs away, leaving the deer, which I mean, I guess yeah. you gotta. Yeah, she wasn't exactly going to scoop that up and yeah, put, <laughs> take it with her. So. <laughs> It had been a really awkward scene of a kid trying to drag a, like <laughs> this hundred pound deer away while like trying to right. escape. <laughs> this would be the time to shoot him. This is this is the time where you can change the timeline and everybody is. Oh, for sure. But but uh, as uh, you know, as uh, she goes away, James questions if David is going to let her go. And, uh, you know, Ellie runs back to Joel and quickly uses the medicine on his wound. You know, after this success, she lays down uh, next to Joel with her arms around him and we move on, which is absolutely uh, a scary scene. Yeah. Now, the uh, the subtle, you know, panic in, in the air when that reveal was made was was palpable. It was great. And so we, we cut back to David's group, the uh, Silver Lake community in the kitchen. Uh, we get the sense that. They very much are running out, running low on food. They, they're kind of making dinner for that evening, but they're using the last of their canned tomatoes and stock and whatnot. And one of the men from the group brings uh, a tray of odd-looking meat into the kitchen. Uh, it you know it looks like it could be beef or maybe deer or whatever, but the color and texture are just not quite right. I don't know. There's something weird about it. <laughs> and, and no, it's perfectly fine meat. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's fine. Totally, you know, FDA approved. <laughs> it's whatever. And so this, this uh, meat is brought in and the cook asks, you know, what is that? And the man, uh, the man who, you know, presumably butchered this meat. He, he just says, it's venison. What are you talking about? Don't worry about it. It's just venison. <laughs> so oh, the meat goes into the he, pot and later we see, you know, a, a stew of some kind, this concoction. And it makes sense because, you know, a stew is exactly what you w- would want to make to, to feed a lot of people. It's, it's a good survival food. And so, you know, people are being given, you know, ladles and bowls full of stew and they're all eating it in the restaurant. And, um, David and James return right as people are sitting down to eat, and uh, David looks proud. He's like looking accomplished. Like he's like, "Hey, look what we look what we got!" And he drags in the deer, and you know, he goes, <laughs> "Big one, huh?" And uh, that's when he realized everyone's just kind of staring at him, and he's getting like he's getting like no love, no reception, and he realizes, "Okay, something's up here." He he kind of realizes that 
the word has gotten around that the uh, the little girl and the man who killed um, a member of their group, who we find out is named Alec, uh, the the father of the daughter we saw earlier, and the man who uh, couldn't be buried until spring. We find out this guy's named Alec, <laughs> and so David, uh, you know, stands in front of the group and he, he just kind of says, "Okay, yeah, you've probably heard that uh, we found a girl who was with the man who took Alec from us." And he's obviously people aren't happy about this. Like, I think it's obvious that people want him to do something about it. So he says, tomorrow, I'm going to get a group of people together and we're going to go out and find them. And we're going to bring that man to justice. That's when Alec's daughter, the girl who was crying earlier, uh, she just kind of exclaims, says really out loud, says, you should kill him. You should kill them both. She's, you know, obviously angry, upset, hurt, you know, grieving. You know, she lost her father. And she's hearing that the man who killed her father is nearby and she wants him dead. It's fairly understandable. But then yeah. David walks up to her, walks up to this little, this young girl about Ellie's age, takes off his glove and he backhands her across the face, just wham, knocks her to the floor. And the girl's mom stands up and David just kind of like gestures her back down, like, don't, you know, sit down. And that's why this 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 gets so fucking weird so creepy david gets in this girl's face uh and you know we find out this girl's named hannah he gets in hannah's face and says you know i know you think you don't have a father anymore but you will always have a father and you will show him respect when he's speaking so we're getting the sense that you know <laughs> he's telling hannah like alex gone your father's gone i'm your dad now and you will do what i say this is weird as hell. <laughs> it's so yeah. messed up. Yeah, they they really just they they started to crank his uh, crazy dial up a considerable yeah. amount <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, Dave, David's obviously getting more screen time here in the show than he did in the game, and with that screen time, the the heinousness is is ratcheted up to eleven. Like it's 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 all it's all coming out. So then, um, after the uh, the incident is over, David sits down. A plate of uh, completely normal meat stew, nothing suspicious about it, is brought to him. And that's when he, he leads the group in prayer before they begin their meals. Oh, Lord. So, my God, this scene. There's so much I, lo- I loved about this scene. I loved about how the guy paused just enough, who the butcher, when he brought out the meat, they're like, what is this? And he was like, yeah. venison. <laughs> there's just a pause <laughs> where you're like <laughs> you're yeah. like all right man i'll just take your word for it i'm hungry yeah, like I'm bro you could ask. not have been more sus about that not yeah <laughs> there's no way <laughs> yeah i'm like you're so lucky i'm like fucking starving because i would have been like what is this man so they uh but the venison that is uh so yeah so and then and also it's just like it doesn't help that he's the most disheveled looking like son of a bitch ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just man looks like he's just it, it's been rough for him and like i also yeah. like the, w- one subtle thing i noticed about this scene is like after david does the backhand and you know and the weird like i'm your your father and they hand out yeah. the plates david has the biggest plate he has the most mm. food in the room, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, and it's like 
And everybody, as soon as he said, like, you know, everyone is hungry. Everyone is super hungry, but it is not until he tells them to eat that all their spoons hit those plates at like the exact same time. It's like the creepiest thing ever. And I also love that the, the looks yeah. that they, sh- the, you know, the looks that they share around the the room, like yeah. like he looks at James and James looks at a couple of other people and like they're looking around and they start yeah. eating. So like David's eating a big old bowl of this this here uh, normal meat that is not at all <laughs> bad. This meat that you have consumed, that your teeth are tearing apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's yeah. definitely a, a very heavy unease in the room this entire time. Like this is not a happy, comfortable, thriving uh, community. And David very thoroughly, very obviously has uh, an iron grip on it. It's it's yeah. that it's covered in a velvet glove in some ways, but that is still an iron grip on this on this group of people. There is definitely a reason why James is like, yeah, I'm, I'm having lost faith. Don't worry, please don't think I've lost faith because David's out here. <laughs> please don't be mad at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, David, because David, David will be mad at you. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, um, you know, Ellie is still by Joel's side. And she te- checks his temperature and the wound is looking a little bit better. And uh, she administers more medicine to it. It just has to be rough. You're just sticking this wound with a needle and it's just, I just, ugh. ugh. But, yeah. you know, Ellie, Ellie goes outside and gathers some snow to feed their horse. And, uh, you know, she's, she's standing outside the house and sees some birds flying away. And so Ellie goes to hide and she sees, like, David's men are roaming the streets, kind of searching for them. And so we go to the group where like uh, where David warns about the dangerous man and says uh, they'll bring the girl back with them, which I really loved this scene, because one thing I wanted to say about the last scene is like we're, we're starting to get. I love how we went from this conversation with David and Ellie all the way up until this point, because what we start to see is that um, he really believes his hype. David is very yeah. David very much so believes his hype and and was was definitely like masking his true self from Ellie. So like, you know, Absolutely. when he mentions that, you know, when, when James men- James is like, you know, if, if you bring Ellie back here, like basically going against David, if you bring her back here, she's just going to be another mouth to feed. And like he's even willing mm-hmm. to just let her go. But David doesn't want her to die out here. Uh, he's like very adamant about that. Like, no, if you let her go, she will die. So she's coming with us. And and then James says, well, maybe that's God's will. And David stops (laughs) everybody and just stares at James. And like, I laughed. Like when my wife and I were watching this, I laughed because I was like, he's probably like, I don't remember. Uh, Because he's like, you know, maybe that's God's will. And he's like, I don't remember willing anything. Because like this guy thinks he's God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just let's just be (laughs) let's just be honest. D- J- David thinks he's God. Like David has a God complex, and so Pretty like much. I, that's the only. Yeah. That was the only thing that that look said to me was like I don't remember willing anything, and and James was like, oh fuck, <laughs> I'm talking. That's to God. a great point. Yeah, I I really loved you know just the throwing his words back at him like oh you say, James kind of just takes a, a a risk like it seems like he doesn't question David's authority often, but on this occasion he takes the risk and does. And he does so by throwing David's words back at him. And yeah, that look is very significant. I, I, I like that you took a God complex away from that look because I think that's a very valid 
uh, interpretation. But for me, like, I just saw that all I saw was just a bully looking at his subordinate and like kind of giving him a glance that says, do we have a fucking problem here? Like that's yeah. what I, that, and it's the, it's the same vibe either way though. Like I'm God, don't fucking question me or just I'm in charge here. Don't, don't question me. It's, it's very much that sense of don't ever undermine me in front of people like this. Like, yeah. don't do that. It was, God, it was so, it was so subtle though. It was, it was great. And what I, what I love about it even more is like, you can glance around the group and as much as they hate Ellie and Joel want to kill them, they will not back James. <laughs> they will yeah. not back yeah. James on this. And so like, it just, it just goes to show like what power he has. Like people are like, I don't want any of this. No, <laughs> I'm with you. David. Don't look at me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, James. You all your own with this one, bro. And so like, <laughs> and so, um, you know, all David has to do is like, look, look at James. He's realized he's gone too far and he like shuts the fuck up and they continue to search. Right. So it's it's this it's this group of guys, a hunting party, really, just on the on the prowl. They want to. The objective is kill Joel, bring Ellie back. Is kind of like what they're out for. And Ellie Ellie doesn't necessarily know what they're here for, but it, she knows it's not good news. So she runs back to the house, get down to the basement where Joel is, and she starts just shaking him, trying to get him awake, telling him, "Wake up! We have you know people are coming. It's you know bad men are coming. We gotta wake up." But his eyes are fluttering. He's like. His eyes are open, but like he's not really there yet. And so Ellie just takes a hunting knife from the backpack and he and she she puts it in his hands and says, I'm going to try and lead them away from you. But if anyone comes downstairs, you've got to kill him. And uh, it, we can't really tell. We can't tell as the audience. Ellie can't tell in the situation if Joel even hears her or not. Like, is he even comprehending what he's being told? So she just she just has to trust. You know, she has to just give him the knife. And hope that he can stay awake. And she has to, you know, run for it, trying to lead them away. And all she says is, don't fall asleep. And then she runs and barricades him in the basement. She kind of moves a bookshelf in front of the doorway and then runs upstairs before uh, going outside and getting on the horse. The horse, by the way, named Callus. You know, shout out to Callus. We love Callus here. And yes. she, she's riding down the road and sees David and his and his guys and... She gets her attention. She shoots her handgun at them and yells, hey, motherfuckers, rides away. So, of course, they immediately give chase. And David just yells, I want her alive. And, yeah, this is what's important here is when she when he says, I want her alive, there's a there's a slight smirk to him. Like, OK, I'm it's almost like the cat seeing the canary to me, you know, a little bit of a predator's yeah. smile. Like, I'm about to get what I'm after. Yeah. Which is creepy oh, yeah. as hell. Yeah, the, the prize is in sight. Yeah, absolutely. And fortunately for David, uh, his second command, James, is on top of it. He kind of gets, he, he sort of like, he sort of takes a shortcut around the neighborhood and uh, gets an angle on Ellie and the horse. He lines up his rifle and shoots Callus right out from underneath Ellie. So unfortunately, RIP Callus, you were a good horse. We liked you while we yeah. had you. <laughs> and uh, Ellie's knocked to the ground. She's just kind of out cold on the ground. Um, and the hunters all just kind of converge on her. James has her dead to rights. She He could, you know, line up and pop her right there and this whole thing. And another one of the guys with him and David kind of comes up and tells him, do it. He tells, yeah. he tells James, take the shot. Let's end this. Um, but David shows up and uh, puts an end to that. He shoots his gun into the air and kind of warns them off. And he walks up, 
scoops Ellie into his arms and starts heading back home. And he tells two of the guys to come with him and bring the horse. And he tells the remaining three guys, the three remaining dudes from uh, from the community, go door to door and look for look for Joel, look for the guy, look for who we're here for. It's interesting. Yeah. He says, "You want vengeance so bad, go go deliver it." Yeah. So. Yeah, because like in his eyes, it's like I got what I wanted. I didn't don't care. Like yeah. I don't necessarily like give a fuck about this dude. He's probably dying anyways. Um, right. So do what you want. Just don't do anything to this kid. Yeah, so because like he's and it's, it's not noble. So <laughs> everyone, right now, if you're at this point, it's not it's not noble. So one unlucky bastard <laughs> manages to enter the house that uh, Joel is staying in, and uh, and and Joel wakes up. We've we've cold started Joel. He hears the footprints, <laughs> the penicillin starts working through his system, and he's juiced. <laughs> and so as the man walks down the you know down the stairs he like he, he finds where the barricade is he opens it if he goes down there he's like joel's down here he's gonna fucking kill him um you know and he, he finds the the mattress that joel was laying on like empty and covered in blood and the man is searching instead of calling for people like you should have done because probably should have tag team this one but hey you know gotta get the kill yeah and so the man, the man keeps searching and Joel comes out of the shadows and gets him right in the neck with a knife. And, uh, Oof. it like, it was all of Joel's strength. Cause like, they just make this man drown in his own blood. Like it wasn't like a good, good old clean kill. It was a slow, painful death. And that man was fighting the, the entire yeah. time. They just drowned him in his neck blood. So, uh, yeah. So we see like a lot of action movies, spy movies, whatever, where guy people get their throats cut with a knife. And, you know, in a lot of movies, it's like a quick it's over in a second. You just it's 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 done in real life, though. Like people don't die that quick. Like it's if you really want to kill someone with a knife, you, you got to like really saw their head off pretty much. You got to get in there. And that's what Joel does. He just jams it right, really deep in there really hard. And he kind of has to move it around. And, uh, and yeah, the guy doesn't die immediately. It's a, it's a bad way to go. Um, yeah. and we see like this, this version of Joel that's like, he's wounded, he's tired, he's not in the best shape. Um, and yeah, like it takes almost everything he has just to bring this one guy down, get the jump on him. And it's, it's brutal, but, uh, Joel's just getting started though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's desperate at this point. This is the beast. (laughs) They they awoke the beast. Absolutely. And so, you know, while Joel is, uh, you know, uh, waking up to, uh, to a, you know, nightmarish situation and getting, uh, getting his killer instinct on. Uh, we cut back to Ellie, who uh, wakes up in a kind of a caged-off section of a kitchen. And, of course, as she wakes up, David's right there waiting. And she asks, uh, why am I in a cage? David says, well, I'm afraid of you. You're a dangerous person. Uh, you know, the others, they they want me to kill you. They know how dangerous you are. You know, so I'm keeping you alive right now. He's kind of, like, immediately starting off the bat with, like, hey, you should be thankful. I'm looking out for you. Really, just this guy with his hard sell. He doesn't. He doesn't give up. It's constant. Your friendly neighborhood, David. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking out for you. I'm your friend here. He just doesn't get. He just doesn't quit. So he asks again, like, "Hey, can I have your name yet?" And all she's rep- the only reply she gives is "Eat shit." <laughs> just says "Eat shit." <laughs> the best reply. <laughs> and David says, "You know, 
I know you're alone. Like, I know you're not with a big group. I, you know, you can't survive on your own. No one can survive on their own, but I can protect you. And Ellie says, I'm not alone. And David says, Oh, right. Your friend, uh, how's he doing? <laughs> that was a real twist in the knife. That's salting oh, yeah. the wound. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, that guy, uh, you know, how's he? Yeah. hundred percent. And, uh, cause you know, Dave, David reads people. He's obviously a person who's capable of like honing in on people and their insecurities, what they're thinking. And he notices the uncertainty with Ellie and he just latches onto that. He's saying like, I think, I think personally for me, my interpretation is that David immediately recognizes Ellie doesn't want to be abandoned. She doesn't want to be alone Oh yeah. Uh, as much as, as, as much of a tough, you know, exterior she puts on. That's a fear of hers. And I think David taps into that immediately because he tells her, hey, that friend of yours, that whole part of your life, it's ending, but I can give you a new beginning. If you trust me, I can make sure you're not alone anymore. So yeah. it's, yeah. he's, he's given the, he's given her the pitch, you know? Oh yeah. Man is a master manipulator. Just, just, yeah. it's, it's, it's disturbing as hell because like you get the sense that like, this isn't his first rodeo. Uh-uh. And like, yeah. and and like, they kind of allude to that in the game, which which I liked, which we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a bit. But um, so we we cut back to uh, the neighborhood, which <laughs> ain't going so well in the neighborhood for them for David's men. But they continue <laughs> to search for Joel, and one of the men finds another one knocked out in the snow. And when he goes to investigate, Joel knocks him out too. <laughs> Oh, Double kill. <laughs> baited his ass. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we cut back to inside the house, which was this was one of my favorite scenes from the uh, the first Last of Us because like this was Joel. Oh hell yeah! This was like Joel completely ramped up to the max, and and so like we're inside this house. Joel oh, yeah. has rampage got, mode. Oh yeah, this is this is the bloodbath. He's got we got one man tied up um, while he beats the other man who's they he has tied to a chair, and Joel pulls out his knife and stabs the dude in the knee, just just deep into the knee. Like mm. I was just like, holy shit, this is ugh. And so Joel tells the man who's got a knife in his knee now to focus, or he'll pop his fucking kneecap off. <laughs> Which I'm just like, fuck. And and like, I believe every word of this. This man who is like just recently woke yeah. up from a stab wound to the abdomen is like not wasting time. Uh-uh. He's not screwing around. And like the this girl that's um that he's that he's responsible for, if she's at in jeopardy, he's he's cutting no corners. He's not taking any bullshit. And yeah, this is absolute rampage mode. It's great. Yeah. People are, are going to die. And so, like, like he moves the he moves the knife in the guy's uh, uh, leg a little bit, and the man says that they're being held at Silver Lake, which isn't a town; it's a nearby resort. And so Joel pulls the knife out of the man's leg and puts it in his mouth, and it makes him point out where the they are now and where the resort is with the bloody knife that's got his like knee meat in it. <laughs> just got it's got the 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 human Uh, bits like if joel had the blood all over it his own blood yeah 
if, if Joel had known about the, the venison situation, there could have been some cool quip about <laughs> This is probably something you're used to. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> But he basically, he, so he points, you know, he tells the man, the man tells him like, yeah, the man is like, yeah, we're here. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about this girl, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is where the town is. Uh, like he broke, Joel broke this man. He's, he's broken, completely broken. Oh yeah. And so Joel gets up and leaves these two guys. Psych. Joel kills the guy sitting in the chair. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stabs his ass, kills him right in the chest. Right. Again, another painful death. This man dies slow in the chair while his friend is just watching in horror and he's crying and he's like, you fucking bastard. Ah. And so uh-huh. then we get my favorite part. This is my absolute favorite part because the guy who pointed out everything, yep. he was told the same. His, his friend better point out the same fucking place as him. Uh, so his friend is like, yep. I'm not telling you shit. Like, fuck you, dude. Do whatever you want. And Joel goes, it's OK. I believe him. I believe your friend. And then he beats the guy to death with a pipe. <laughs> oh my god. This was so badass. Cold hardcore cold motherfucker. Oh my god. Yeah, like, eh, that's okay, man. You don't have to tell me shit. I'm just gonna kill you anyways. That's okay. I believe him. This was cold. So cool. And I I, I love how, yeah, it's a callback to uh, you know, we actually saw a glimpse of this, you know, ruthlessness and Joel back in, um, you know, when they meet that elderly couple in Wyoming where, you know, he asks uh, Marlon, the older guy, you know, point where we are on the map and it better match what your wife just told me. And so, like, that's a, this is a technique that Joel is very experienced with using. Like, if you want information and you have two guys to give you information, you can verify it. Like you can kind of have confirmed actionable intelligence out of these two guys. And yeah, it's like the <laughs> kills the first guy as soon as he's done with him. So the second guy thinks, well, you just gave up your leverage. I'm not telling you shit. And then it's just, it's just like, that's okay. I believe it. Like, it just cool as a cucumber. Oh my God. It was so badass. And <laughs> Pedro again, just nailed this scene. It was so good. And he nailed that man's skull with a pipe. <laughs> Nailed a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. While that's happening, Ellie's back in her cage and she tries to escape, but unfortunately, but just, you know, can't, you know, can't break the lock, can't get out the window of the room she's in. And, you know, in the process, she's looking outside her cage and notices something in the corner of the room, just, just, just out of eyesight or just out of the eye line that uh, she just finally notices. And uh, the look on her face says that whatever she noticed, whatever she saw, terrified her. But we don't see it yet. Then David walks in, bringing her a plate of food. And uh, David follows what Ellie's looking at, and he sees what she saw, which was a human ear that had been severed and left behind on the floor of the kitchen. And this was this was so crazy, because you have the look, on, the look of absolute horror on Ellie's face, and then you have David's face that just kind of looks like he looks like the kid who just got caught reaching into the cookie jar, you know, just like the whole, like, yeah, he, um, it's like embarrassment. He just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the secret is out. Whoops, you caught me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. So, yeah, he, the, secret, the secret's out. Uh, they are eating people. And so he just kind of, you know, levels with her. And he says, he points to the tray of food that he just brought in. And he says, if it's any consolation, this is just deer meat, I swear. 
<laughs> you gotta believe me. It's just deer. I, I know you're looking at it. I know you're looking at an ear, but I promise this is just deer. Like, motherfucker, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it, it, honestly, though, this is terrifying because Ellie's like still just in the in the grip of like she 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 whispers to him, "You're gonna chop me up into little tiny pieces, aren't you?" And um. David says, uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not. That's not what I want to do. Can we start with you just telling me your name? Like he's still on this whole trip of like, I want you to open up to me and trust me and be my friend, yada, yada. Um, but then he says, look, if you want to judge me, and I love this outburst. Ellie just screams at him, judge you? You're eating people, you sick fuck. And then she kicks the tray of food across the room. So it's like, yeah, no, this is, you're not going to get a, uh, a candid conversation out of someone who just found out that you're eating people, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not going to hey. happen. <laughs> the, the ultimate ruiner of a uh, new relationship, like the way to destroy building any sort of new connection is for someone to find out that you eat other people. It's, I think it's scientifically yeah, that's gonna, proven. That's going to put a damper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no better way <laughs> to, to have people not want to be around you than to, to you know, be a confirmed cannibal. So, you know. Yeah, never fails. Be a cannibal. You want people to leave you alone? Be a cannibal. Yeah. Eat somebody. <laughs> Let's see how many people want to be your friend. <laughs> so, again, to be fair to David, he doesn't avoid the question. He doesn't, like, make excuses. He just kind of says, like, yeah, all right, we've done it. Like, we we did what we had to to stay alive out here. We, we survived, you know. Um, I What would you have me do? You know, just let these people out there starve? You know, I'm ashamed of it, but what what other option did I have? So... He's just kind of like leveling with her. I think, again, David being very perceptive, a master manipulator, as you pointed out, he's kind of like meeting Ellie where she is. Like, I'm going to treat you like an adult. You're obviously as an intelligent as an adult would be. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll level with you. It's not, it's not right. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but we did what we had to. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, that, that venison was a uh, human meat, that meat that those people had consumed, that their teeth had separated, that their taste yeah. buds had savored. <laughs> <laughs> Think about how H- Hannah ate her dad okay. the other night. Like the, 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 the body. Yeah. So think back to, you know, earlier when everyone was told we can't bury Alec yet. It's too cold out. We're going to have to wait till spring. And meanwhile, in the background, they're going to make that dude for dinner. They're going to chop that fucking guy up and feed him to everyone else. So, no, it's all so many levels of fucked up here. That's why I love that look that they shot each other. Like, hey, when are we going to bury him? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David, David looking across the room at James like, when are we going to bury Alec, James? Wink, okay. wink. <laughs> <laughs> In the springtime. It's like, but yeah, it's like, no, we buried him. <laughs> we buried him that night in the stomachs of everybody. Like, damn. I, I, I was like, this man is pure evil. Like, not only did he have his wife, this man's, this deceased man's wife prepped this stew. David slapped his daughter. And then <gasps> they ate their dad and husband. Like, I was just like, fuck. <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, leave this family alone, dude. Shit. Like, like this man. Oh, my God. I think that, like, this is the one time where I was like, yeah, this man's, a, like, karma delivered a little bit more than I think he deserved. It was like, 
Well, yeah, you like swinging mm-hmm. baseball bats at people, motherfucker? Well, guess what? You're going to get eaten. <laughs> You're white yeah, that's and kidder. pretty heavy. Pretty heavy punishment. <laughs> yeah. Like, And a side note, I have like stew meat in my refrigerator now that I bought. And like, I can't even look at it. <laughs> I just can't even look. <laughs> I just, dude. Like, I bet I, I can never look at. I can't look at beef at the grocery store the same way anymore. Yeah, I'm like, and it's like it's cubed too. So I'm just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, God damn it. Thanks, David. So, so anyway, you know, David, David oh sees, God. David sees a lot. Um, or, sorry, David says, Ellie sees a lot. Um, but so does he. David says that when he looks at her, he sees himself. Uh, she's a natural leader, smart, loyal, and violent, which is kind of, until he gets to the violent part, I was like, ah, you're stroking your ego. You know, I see myself. I'm a smart, natural, loyal leader, and I'm violent also. <laughs> but he's also, it's odd, as weird as it seems like it's like this ego stroke, he's also being honest because David, he follows this up by saying that, um, you know, he knows that if he lets her out, that uh, she'll stab him in a second because she's violent. She has a violent heart and he should know that he's always had one too. And he struggled with this, but once the world ended, he saw the truth. Thanks to cordyceps. He says that cordyceps aren't evil. Mm. They're fruitful. They multiply, they feed and protect their children. Um, and it protects their future with violence if it must. And it loves. So basically David's gone fucking crazy. Yeah, pretty and- much. No, it, it's kind of like there. There is a certain level of nihilism that is very normal in a in a setting like this, and in a post-apocalypse where you start to think like, okay, th- things that used to matter don't matter anymore. Yeah. But then you've got this crazy asshole who's like, oh, you know the the mutants, the the fucking zombies that are eating people and collapsing society, they actually have it all figured out. I should be more like them. Like that's yeah. that's not just nihilism. That's just like. Dude, you're you're fuck. You've lost it. You're fucking crazy. They love. I was like, ah, I don't think so, man. They're just what? <laughs> they, they survived, but I was like, love. That's wild. So I was like, oh shit, David's absolutely fucking insane from eating a bunch of people. So, or I mean, and and possibly David's just generally insane, and he's eating people because he's trying to mimic mushrooms. I'm, I'm just like. Oh, right. <laughs> I, and I, I love that through this whole thing, he's like reasoning with her, too. Like, or trying to reason with her. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I would have told you. Ah. I'm like, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Like, Ellie, like, actually, you know, seems to start engaging with him a bit more. She she asks David, like, why are you telling me this? And David says, well, because you're different. You can handle the truth. Unlike other people, like most people out there, the others can't. You know, they, those people out there, they need God, a heaven, a father figure to, to function, to survive. But you don't. You're different. He, he keeps doing this. He's like playing this really long con, this long game of like, I'm going to talk to you like an adult. I'm going to make you feel important, make you feel special. I'm going to make you feel like I'm letting you in on something and, you know, you know, treating you special, making you important, yada, yada. And like, you don't need all of that. You're an equal. You're like me. You and I, we could, you know, we could run things, uh, and you know, if you just if you just trust me and let me, you know, be my friend, yada yada. And Ellie says, "Well, what about my friend? What about you know?" She's talking about Joel. Like, what about you know my friend who's been looking out for me this whole time? And David kind of makes her a promise, like, "Hey, if you if you uh, you know cooperate with me, I'll tell the others to stop. They can stop looking for your friend. 
They'll leave him alone as long as he leaves us alone. But the trade-off, like he he basically the pitch he's making to Ellie is you can join us and you can be my partner, my you know, equal. We can lead this community together. And that's when the it's already creepy as fuck. This is already a very, very, very creepy situation. Oh. But it gets even worse yeah. when David puts his 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 hand on the bars of the cage and he takes he puts his hand on Ellie's hand and says, Think of what we could do together. Think of the future we could have. Oh my god, this made me sick. This was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Up. So like this, yeah, this man cranked it up to a billion. I'm like, yeah, you're this David is an angry, violent, uh, cult leading pedophile. So like, yeah, it's it's total uh, weirdo. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just it's all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we've gone to this whole nother. We've gotten to this whole new level of craziness with him, and it's like this is our big reveal of uh, why he really wants Ellie to be here. And I, what yep. I, one thing I love about one thing I, I I liked about the scene though, when like is the part when he was like, yeah, you know, I just tell my people to leave Joel alone or whatever. But like, <clears throat> mm-hmm. little does he know that's a check. He's writing a check he can't cash. Not only will his people have his people That's been right. defeated by Joel, like even if they hadn't, they wouldn't have stopped. He told them to go get their vengeance and Joel was like half dead anyway. So I was That's like, right. he's just like a lying bastard. He'll say whatever he needs to say to get what yep. he wants. Like, I like how at this point he drops religion and everything like these people need God. We don't need God because like it doesn't exist. Like he doesn't mm. believe this shit. He's just like leading these people to their fucking ultimate end. The religion is a tool for him. It's not like a genuine belief. Yeah. Yeah. He's using religion just yeah. like they use it in real life <laughs> to manipulate people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the right. social commentary that's in there. Uh, so, you know, David. <laughs> oh, good, good God. Uh, David contemplates how they could grow with both of them in power as Ellie slowly moves her hand closer to his. David says to imagine the life he and Ellie could build as he puts his hand on hers. And Ellie mm-hmm. puts her other hand on top of his and then breaks his fucking finger, which I loved. I love Ellie. Yeah. I love Ellie so much. She breaks his finger and she goes to grab for the keys. <clears throat> so she had it. She has a plan. Like Ellie is still trying to escape, which is good. And, uh, you yep. know, David slams her against the bars um, really hard until she's like bleeding from her nose. And then we get the true David, like that, that violent heart that he was yep. talking about. He calls her a uh, very bad word. Oh, at yeah. That point. <laughs> yes. Yes. David. So, so his whole thing about it goes from, yeah, we can, we can be equals and build this, uh, this, this, you know, community together and do all this stuff. And then the second she goes against him, it's like, no, I'm going to like throw this, like, slur that people use against women at you so it's like mm-hmm. i'm like david there are no equals to david yeah. david is god come on now can't forget that yep um yep and so as he walks away ellie states her name and david looks back and says what uh to which she replies uh tell them ellie is the name of the little girl who broke your fucking finger which <laughs> I, I love i i love ellie so much so awesome and so David retorts like, you know, how did you put it? Tiny little pieces before leaving. So Hmm. 
now David's going to try to eat her. <clears throat> Which I would have, I imagine that they God were also it. going to try to eat Joel too, you know, when you think about this. Probably. These are hungry folks. Yeah, they won't pass up a free meal, you know? <laughs> because I'm imagining that everybody that went out hunting were the people that knew that they were eating human meat. That's possible. Yeah, David does tell Ellie that only a few of us knew about the, you know, the cannibalism. But um, just, yeah, not everyone knows. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Hannah and her mom don't know that they just ate Alec the night before. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hope so, at least. I, oh, God. Uh, so we go back to Joel, who um, has made it to Silver Lake. You know, he's been following the directions that the, you know, the, the, the guys he's tortured have given him. And he's looking for Ellie, kind of hot on the trail. And he sees some blood on the snow and he follows it into a, a locked cabin. Uh, and inside this, like, sh- it's like a shack, I guess, like a storage shed. And he finds, you know, a shelf full of backpacks, including Ellie's backpack. He, know- he you know, notices that, like, hey, I-, I know that pack. And he also finds the body of their horse inside, R.I.P. Callus again. And then it gets worse from there, though. He finds three human bodies tied up by their ankles and headless. These are just, like... You're in you're in a slaughterhouse, basically a butcher shed, where people are keeping their cuts of meat, uh, and these cuts of meat are coming from people and horses. It's uh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, speaking of a slaughterhouse, we cut back to Ellie. Uh, David and James have come back, and uh, they've come to uh, finish the job. They're 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 coming in the caves. They're on a mission, and Ellie has an idea of what they're here for. So she screams and fights them off and tries to get them away from her. She even bites David on the hand while he's trying to manhandle her along with James. But they they overpower her. They they drag her over to a table, and you know she's she's begging them the entire time, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" And again, the the real David is out now. Mask is off. The real David's out, and he says, "You had your chance." And he ha- holds up a big fucking cleaver, big old meat cleaver. And right as he's about to bring it down, Ellie proclaims that she's infected. That's when she spills the beans. She says, I'm infected. I'm infected. And so are you. Because that's when it dawns on David. Like, if she's infected, she just bit me. So that means I'm infected, too. And they don't, you know, they don't believe her at first. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Whatever. And Ellie says, just look at my arm. Look, look at it. And David's like... Okay, I guess uh, I'll play along. That's when he, like, he whacks the hatchet right into the table right next to her head. Yeah. And uh, they roll up her sleeve. And when they lo- roll up her sleeve, they see the the bite mark that she's had for months upon months now. But they don't know that. They don't know how long she's had this bite mark. Yep. And the the mood, the energy in the room changes. The mood changes very quickly. David and James are suddenly very deflated. They see the bite mark and they're like, wait, what the fuck? And that's when... Allie gets this triumphant little smile on her face. She says, she's almost laughing when she says, hey, well, remember what you said? Everything happens for a reason, right? This was so cool. David and James, obviously, they're they're in disbelief. Like, this can't be right. And David says, no, no, this, this, is, this is bullshit. She would have turned by now. You know, and James says, it looks pretty fucking real to me. And while they're distracted, Allie seizes upon the initiative, grabs the cleaver, and just swings it right into James's neck. Uh, and it's a solid hit. He goes down, starts bleeding out immediately, and she runs for it while David pulls a gun and starts shooting at her. Um, but she's made, she's made a break for it. She has a chance. She has a fighting chance. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the stakes are high. Tension's high. 
Shit's shit's getting real. Yeah. God. R.I.P. Troy Baker. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, <R>. <laughs> Troy Baker. <laughs> James Baker. You you knew it was coming. Um, I do like how they looked at each other <laughs> when it was like roll up the sleeve because it was like. I know that there was part of it's yeah. like, oh, shit, she's infected. And then there was probably a little teeny part in the back of their head that was like, we can't eat this meat now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like, the cannibal part was like, oh, oh yeah. shit, you can't eat infected meat. God damn it. Oh, uh, man, our, our food is spoiled. <laughs> this isn't prime cut. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, everybody's crazy. <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, I was like, it was like, they probably looked at each other like, man. <laughs> now there's there goes the stew That's, that sucks that's a bummer yeah there's no stew tonight <laughs> there goes the stew <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like i was like this is just fucking so weird but like so like um ellie runs you know ellie runs out of the room she's been held in and uh we see that she is back in that fucking steakhouse the steakhouse church <laughs> Becca, mm-hmm. fucking steakhouse steakhouse church, church dude really quick though what is more American than a steakhouse church? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is so fucking American. <laughs> steakhouse church. <laughs> oh God, a religious steakhouse. I have a new I have a new restaurant idea now. <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm about to be rich. We will not serve people also. Oh, well we have real steak. <laughs> oh my god. That's an important rule, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no no humans here, just steak. <laughs> uh, so you know we, we see that she's in the steakhouse from before and she grabs this burning stick from a nearby fire uh and david careless uh like carelessly pulls the knife from james's lifeless body and goes on the hunt uh, and she hides with the stick as david enters the room with his knife and she throws the burning stick at him and misses which quickly catches a curtain on fire and i love how david was basically like i'll just deal with this later I'm like, that's a pretty big fucking fire that's happening right behind you. But he's just like, nah, just good. I'm going to I'm going to do this. So like, I mean, but yeah, it doesn't we, seem concerned with the building burning down. Yeah. And, and it just goes to to show like that we're we're dealing with a man that um, has, has completely lost his sanity. Like we have seen the the mm. steep descent into craziness because like also right now, David believes that he is infected but is rationalizing with himself that he couldn't be infected on top of everything else. So there's like man is in a, a mind a mind fuck right now. And and uh, he's already had like, yeah, a, total denial. Yeah. And, and he had a tenuous grasp on society. Like he just revealed all his cards to this girl who ended up tricking him. And so, you know, he's on the rampage. So David continues to look for Ellie, telling her there's no way out and that she uh, can't be infected since no one fights this hard to be alive, which was straight from the game. Mm-hmm. David asks Ellie how she did it or if she's just that fucking special. And so meanwhile, mm-hmm. Joel is still making his way through the snowstorm with Ellie's bag, urgently searching for her. And then we go back to the steakhouse, steakhouse church. And David complains about how good he is and how he could have made Ellie's life better repeating her name as though knowing her true name is almost a gift to him because he's a weirdo. Yeah, it's, that's a good point. He's really relishing the fact that he knows her name now. It's kind of like, you know, calling, like taunting her, calling out in that sing-songy voice, like, Ellie, where are you? It's, <clears throat> dude, it's, this is so disturbing, so unsettling. Yeah. And it gets worse from there because, you know, David's, 
talking to Ellie. He doesn't know where she is, but he's, you know, speaking to her and just saying, you know what I've decided? I've decided neither of us are dying today. I've changed my mind. You do need a father. It's getting so fucking creepy. He says, I'm going to keep you and I'm going to teach you. Uh, And while he's doing this, while he's sort of revealing his master plan and really just Really just, again, letting the mask slip all the way off how how perverted and, you know, predatory this guy is. As we're hearing all this, Ellie uh, is sneakily, you know, moving around and she finds a knife in the in the restaurant, manages to get the jump on David and stabs him and like kind of like kind of in the belly a little bit. It looks like looks like he she kind of got in there and stuck the knife in his side. But uh, in the in this in the struggle, David you know knocks her to the ground, and the cleaver goes sliding across the floor under a table, and that's when you know David again fighting through the knife wound he's just been given, still ignoring the burning building. He's he's on a one track mind, like yeah. he's just he's has his prey in front of him and he's going after her, and um, you know we we I think we hit the peak of you know predatory creepiness here when. David climbs on top of Ellie and he says, the fighting is the part I like most. And he gets closer and closer to her and says, there's no fear in love. Ugh. It's disgusting. Just yeah. purely, utterly disgusting. Yeah. And luckily, just... Ellie manages to reach up, grab the, the butcher's cleaver and swings at him, gets, gets him in the arm, gets on top of him. The situation's reversed, and she starts swinging away, hacking away with all she's got, just over and over and over again, screaming the entire time while we hear David, you know, scream, <laughs> uh, grunt, and, and groan and die uh, as his blood is just flying all over the place. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a more cathartic scene of television filmed and put in front of me before because Ellie's just letting out so much frustration, so much rage, so much pain, so much fear. Um, it's it's almost like with with each swing of the cleaver, it's like this was for Riley, this is for Tess, this is for Sam and Henry, and all the people she's lost along the way. Uh, it me the entire time the building is just burning around them. Yeah, it's uh, God fucking damn, what a scene. This yeah. was a lot. Yeah, and so just like it should, that steakhouse church burns down, and Elliot Elliot escapes. <laughs> Like, obviously exhausted yeah. from killing David. Like, she is basically, like, in a stupor. And she's still in fight yeah. mode. Like, she is, like, in a, a, a fight yeah. stupor. Because, uh, you know, Joel sees her just kind of wandering away bloody. And he goes to, like, you know, grab her. And she yells a- again for him to get off of her. And, you know, doesn't realize it's Joel. She just mm-hmm. thinks it's David or someone else. And she starts to, like, fight with him. And when he turns her around, it like takes her a second to calm down. Like she's just, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, full, full flight or fight mode. So uh, he holds, you know, yeah. Ellie's head in, um, in her hand and he's like, it's, it's me. And Ellie pretty much can't speak. And she hugs him, you know, and she's like finally feeling safe. Like, you know, this is Joel. This is her friend, the companion, the father, the real father figure. And, uh, you know, Joel at this mm-hmm. moment says, it's OK, baby girl, which is what he used to call Sarah. And it's just like, you know, it's this is the most vulnerable that I think I this is the most vulnerable situation that either of them have ever been in. Um, you know, obviously, like like she is just yeah. let out all of this, these emotions. And he is just completely like um, 
really dive deeply into those emotions that he expressed to Tommy, his failure, failure to his fear of failure, because, you know, uh, he had grown so attached to Ellie and he didn't want her, you know, he to be the reason that she ends up dying. So like, you know, here you are these two vulnerable people, these two companions, and they're just embracing each other. And it's this like wonderful, dark moment. Cause like nothing yeah. good on the show can ever be just good. It's like, here's this <laughs> touching moment after all this darkness is still like two feet behind us. Yeah. And so like he gives Ellie his jacket, um, you know, and you know, like holding, holding her in her bag as they walk away from Silver Lake. Like it's, he just comfort his instinct. He's got this fatherly instinct to just comfort her and he does it well. And it's just, so wild because like yeah and we'll, we'll and we'll get it we'll get into this because this is the end of of our synapses but yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot yeah. to be said yes yeah this uh does conclude our synopsis of uh last of us titled when we are in need we're uh gonna take a break here catch our breath <laughs> but we'll be right back and uh yeah as we said we have a lot to say a lot to take away from this so stick around and we'll be right back And we're back. And, uh, you know, besides this episode completely ruining venison and and uh, stew meat for me. <laughs> oh, God. Like, like it's just and, and and church. I mean, that was already ruined. But but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that there is like there is a lot that I can appreciate from this from this episode and um, especially like a lot towards towards the end because um one of the first one of the the first things that kind of comes to my mind uh that was towards the end was um a lot of people looked at like the departure from the game uh where joel embraces ellie uh inside of the burning steakhouse like you know he's like oh he's like he pulls ellie off of david's body basically but i i like that joel uh, finds Ellie just wandering around because like this was very much this is very much Ellie's story like like Neil Druckmann yeah. put it in such a good way that um, which I can't remember but the episode commentary was really good and you should watch it because like it explains the scene better than I'm about to so I'm about to butcher it but it's basically like David was right you know this is a girl that it has um, a violent uh, you know a violent heart um, and then she's put in this predicament uh, where she has to look out for herself and take care of herself. And she has to use that violence to survive. And like it was yeah. I was like, what? A, I was like, what? A, what a powerful <clears throat> scene. Like she has to to let out all of this, this like anger and, uh, you know, like just everything that's been bubbling under the surface, because like we talked on a previous episode, uh, the Sam and Henry episode. Um, or, or actually the episode after the Sam and Henry when Brett was on here and he was like, I wish we could have seen her like, you know, feel the like feel those same emotions that she had at the end of that episode. And I was like, I think that uh, she buried it down, but we're going to find out she doesn't have as much room as Joel does. And like, this was this is it. She's just a yeah. kid. Yeah. So like that was, was this is just a good scene. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. I, I think I'll start at the ending as well. Like I just want to talk. Yeah, to, speaking of that showdown of Ellie having this arc where she has to save herself. Um, th this this whole the whole showdown with David was so awesome. Like just the 
The visual of him stalking around the burning steakhouse with the cleaver as he taunts Ellie was so well done. It was just, it was the exact amount, exact right amount of like horror element to it. Like yeah. it was scary. It was off-putting. It was tense. Um, and I, I agree. I find it very important and impactful that both in the game and the show, Ellie saves herself from David, but her innocence is irreparably damaged as a consequence. Like there's a trade-off. Like yep. she saves her own life from David, but she's lost something along the way. Oh, yeah. And that's actually a process, I think. She started losing her innocence on the night she lost Riley. It's been a downward downward uh, spiral from there. Yeah. And Joel arrives to make her feel safe again, but he saves her emotionally, not physically. He's there to be her rock and to save her emotionally. Yeah. He doesn't have to save her life physically, but he does still show up for her. And in turn, she saves him emotionally too by finally bringing his walls down. Yeah. You know, this, this episode has a lot of themes, but especially it's especially about loss and recovery uh, happening at the same time where there's this loss of innocence, but also a loss of inhibitions. Yep. You know, Joel and Ellie fully allow themselves to care for each other finally after all they've been through. And I find it beautiful that Joel's earlier sentiment from back in episode uh, four, I think, you know, saying you keep going for family. You find something to keep going for and family is what you keep going for. Yep. That's come, that, that has finally come full circle because Joel and Ellie have chosen to keep going for each other. They have become each other's family. Yeah. And um, no, just the ending was incredible, uh, sublime. And it, you know, with a, with a, within a video game adaptation, I think themes are what you really have to look for and make sure that you're doing justice to when you're adapting a story. And uh, this was, this was uh, 10 out of 10 for me in, in terms of translating the themes from the game. Into the show, I think that's that's a that is a, that's like a lot of fantastic points. Like we are, we I have finally come full circle. We've seen, um, you know, these two go from being very resistant to like finally like showing that care for one another, and like one thing I I had said in the the last episode when we talked about Riley and Ellie was that like I was like oh, I wish that they would have put this episode at the end. And then I saw this episode mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, this is actually yeah. an important context for this episode because the thing I really liked is the parallels that you can draw between, <clears throat> uh, was it uh, the officer, was it Quan? I can't remember his name. Uh, from the- Quang. Yeah, yeah. Quang, the, uh, the uh, officer, the headmaster, and then David, because uh, they both, like, like mm. when David presented all of this, like, you know, great world, we'll build this community, we'll blah, 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 blah. Like, Ellie had basically heard this spiel before and had bought into it. But like, you know, mm. I mean, obviously, you know, Kwong wasn't being a creep. He was just like, hey, you know, don't be like the yeah, rest right. of these people. Like, you're special. Like, you have these special talents. Right. And like, yeah, Ellie, Ellie believed, believed that so hard. And it was... It was her experiences with Riley uh, and seeing this path that Riley was going to go down, like Riley was going to join the Fireflies because she, you know, I mean, it was, it was for a lot of reasons, but she also was like, I know that I can't get this, you know, the same position in Fedora as you. I'm going to be down in sewage, blah, blah, blah. Like we'll never, we'll be, never be mm -hmm. separate as long as, or we'll never be together as long as we're on these opposing sides. And as soon as they decide to just let everything go, and be vulnerable and have this life together, it gets taken away. 
So it's like Ellie knows better than than this promise of a better this this bullshit promise of a better tomorrow that sacrifices the people that she cares right. about. Because it's like, hey, what about Joel? And it's like, uh, you know, it, it goes away. We won't kill him. Maybe it was like you just kept giving these half answers. Right. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, you right. know, having that answer or having that episode there and seeing that was important context to this. And this is from someone who has never played Left Behind. I loved how they worked it in here and it fits mm. so well. So like I was completely wrong about that. Definitely. Yeah, I, I like that. There, there, there's the episodes building upon each other with their with their thematic elements like that. I think it's, you know, the, the pacing of that was fought out really well, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, when when we talk about bringing the game to the show, uh, there are a few things that I found really interesting about this particular uh, story kind of being put on the live action screen is that as always i'll just say you know i think i say this every time this episode is incredible i really don't have much to complain about each time and um because like this like i said earlier this chapter of the game is kind of like for me kind of the climax of that story it's it's where things really hit their peak and this adaptation did not disappoint i just want to say it was particularly cool like I liked seeing Troy Baker on camera as James. That was a that was a really cool casting choice, and I loved how in the game James is a pretty minor one note character. You don't yeah. really see him do much. There's not really much to him, but I I like I like how much nuance was infused into him with with Baker's performance. Like you know James went from just being a, a goon basically, just you know uh, David's crony to a guy who actually has, you know, motivations and things he wants and needs and uh, has his own thought processes going on. Yeah. So that was, that was fun to see. And kind of building off of that, again, uh, another huge shout out to Scott Shepard. Oh, God. The, the actor who played David on the show. Dude, this guy understood the assignment so fucking completely that, like, <laughs> you know, he, he, was, he was just fabulous at embodying this predator in the guise of a humble, pious family man. That's what David is. He's he's putting on this performance of, you know, I'm just a you know, I'm just a God-fearing, you know, humble, you know, friendly dude. I'm just kind of keeping my family safe. My you know, these my friends and community were looking out for each other, yada yada. But underneath that guise, underneath that um that mask, he's a predator. Yep. Absolute predator. Yep. And I one thing I found interesting is that in the game, David, played by Nolan North, the one and only, irreplaceable Nolan North, David in the game came off a bit more believable as a religious man who was forced to do terrible things to survive. See, because in the game, I, I got the sense that, like, David was a real believer. Like, he actually believed what he thought, what, what, he, what he said, and was just put in a bad position and had to do what he had to do. But then, like, kind of went down a dark path when he met Ellie and, like, sort of, like... You, know, you see like a hidden darkness in him come out in the game version of David. And it was like, it was nuanced. It was subtle. But in the, the, the show version of David, he's w- obviously way more of an overtly evil guy who is using religion as a tool to control people. He says what he has to do to get what he wants. He manipulates people. And also, I mean, we, we've we kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I think the show really leaned into, like overtly leaned into David's salacious appetites, his, you know, his penchant for young women. Because uh, I think the game was really subtle about that. Yeah. I think David's, uh, you know, p- 
possessiveness and attitude toward Ellie, you know, being predatory, sexually predatory. In the game, it was pretty. It was pretty subtle. It was kind of hinted at, but the show, there was no hinting with the show. It was pretty out in the open, which I found interesting. Like my last point on this is that I feel like the show almost it it walked the line. It kind of like tiptoed across the line a little bit of making David almost cartoonishly evil, if you know what I mean. Like his his um his characteristics were like so out there, so like bald faced at the end that it's like, dude, there's like he's he's it's he might as well be twirling his mustache around. Like I so I don't know. I feel like the game version of David was just a little bit more subtle, but the show David was, I think suitably scary like i think they needed he was he put on a bigger production a bigger show uh the the spectacle of his evil was more exciting to watch so again i always come back to this when i think when i when i'm breaking when i'm reacting to these episodes i think hbo craig neil the showrunners in general i think they always make pretty much the right decisions when it comes to tweaking things from the game to make them work for television and i i still think that's the case here but for me, it was a little bit shocking to see how just really overt David's uh, villainous tendencies were in the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, see, I kind of I kind of feel different. I kind of feel differently. But like mm. I the thing that that's like I I do agree on some of those points. Um, I will say, like, the one thing mm. that I appreciated or I don't know if I appreciated this or not, but the one thing that I was that I found interesting was the cannibal situation was a little bit different because in the show it's implied yeah. that it's survival, but you know it's also not. You're not. We really don't know how long that's been going on. You know, like we don't know how long David's been feeding yeah, people, people. Yeah. But like we also in the game, sure. the game it kind of feels like everybody is kind of just they know. You know, like we're we're cannibals. We yeah we do this. Because mm. I remember you find like a um, that's true. Yeah, you find like a manifesto, some some list, some some like basically like a, a cargo manifest kind of, and it's like about, mm. and they just do like pounds of meat, and like it's implied that right. they actively like hunt humans. Like they obviously they eat deer and right. other thing, but like they'll kill and eat whatever they can. And like David is kind of that person that's like led them down this path and they're thankful for that because like they're provided for. Um, true, true. And so like, that's a good point. And so like that's that was kind of like the game game impression I got. So it was like, oh, yeah, no, we're all just cool with eating people like yeah, that's the shit. So so like and then there was like a um, there was a comment made in the game. I think it was from James and it was about how Ellie was just another one of David's like little pets. So it's like, you gotta, yeah. they like subtly sprinkled in like David's, you know, that like, he's like a serial predator. Like he's done, he, he does this a lot. He takes interest in these people. And then he's got like his, his things that he does. But like, um, I will say yeah. I liked, I, I did think, um, I like how they pulled back the layers really quickly on him, but I, I do like how they made him mm -hmm. start off like this super caring guy. And it was like, oh, this is obviously a ruse. And then it was like called out like, oh, yeah. you're in a cult. And it's just like, haha, I'm just religious. And then by the end of that, it's like, eh, you know, hey, I'm not all that I'm cracked up to be. And then it just continuously gets worse. Like there was never 
a moment like once he pulled the mask off pull, pulled it down it just kept sliding and sliding and sliding and to the point yep. where it was like i i yep. honestly feel like inside of that steakhouse when it was burning he just didn't give a fuck like i don't even think that yeah. he intended yep. to survive that i think that he was gonna die being what he truly was like um was there's like some yeah. some saying that it's like yeah you see your 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 true self before death or some something like that like like i i i feel mm -hmm. like i i generally feel at this point he had was so far gone off the deep end because like it was it was like ellie's obviously gonna get away or or has gone rogue um he is like in danger of being discovered uh like everything that he's building is collapsing it's you know it's just like i i, yep. I feel like it's it's just like everything is coming down so like if his world is going to collapse he's going to do what he wants that's that's very that's very well put i think you're absolutely right and i think what that brings me to is the reason i will say that um i think the reason i got that impression from the game the impression that david might have had might have um been a little less overtly evil in the game uh but no, I, I think you're right though like there were there were hints that no he really was what he kind of revealed himself to be at the end um but i think the reason i i, I feel like there was more of a more trust built is because and this brings me to my really my only real complaint about this episode and again like all my complaints about the show so far they're pretty minor like nothing really gets in the way of me enjoying the show yet but the only thing i'll say is that I was missing the battle at the sawmill. Yeah. Because that's one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah. Where, you know, in the game, just after Ellie and David meet, right after they first meet, they have to, they're forced to fight alongside each other against a huge group of infected at this abandoned, like, you know, factory or whatever. And in the game, this segment, this segment of combat, it really built circumstantial trust between these characters, kind of like, you know, set the tone and broke the ice a bit. And you start thinking like, oh, yeah, so Ellie's surviving, David's surviving. These are just normal people who just have to kind of trust each other for the moment, put their differences aside and get through this get through this situation. And what that did in the game is that made his kind of villainous reveal a little later. It made that more impactful, yeah. I think. And so uh, that being said, though, I understand that pacing limitations, certain story limitations made this entire fight seem really unfeasible for the show because you, you basically would have had to do the Kansas city horde yeah. again in like yeah. snowy rural Colorado, which I guess it just wouldn't have made sense for a lot of reasons. But also on that other hand, the initial conversation between Ellie and David, we got in the show instead, I feel like that accomplished relatively the same thing where they, you know, you get, you get a bit of icebreaker kind of back and forth. Like, like you said, David really presents himself as this normal, humble, easygoing guy. And so, I think it was still we still get what we needed out of this whole arc, but that fight was still something I was really hoping to see. I, it was, was it was saying. a high hope. I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get that, but yeah, that's really my only little uh, nitpick about this episode oh, so far. Oh no, I 100 percent agree with that. I also feel like you know talking yeah. about it. I think one of the things that might have made him seem a little bit more believably evil is if he hadn't dropped the religious angle because like he kind of just was like i actually don't believe about this like, yeah like i think if it was like i do believe right. i like really kind of wish he would have leaned more into the god complex you know like mm. the and like because it was just like you yeah. know i'm i'm david i'm 
amazing, you know, like I can do what I want and all of the, these like horrible things I've done are justified in the name of myself because I'm the Lord. Like really just like Kanye Westify <laughs> him, like hardcore. <laughs> and, and I've been like, oh yeah, like this brand of evil has existed since the dawn of time. It makes perfect sense. So like, that's what I think. I was like, I was like, ah, David Jesus over yeah, here. Cause it was like, oh shit. You just like, don't generally believe in anything. Like you're like, like that's where I think it kind of got cartoonish. Cause it's like, right. oh, you don't believe in anything. You're just pure evil. Like there's nothing driving your motivations, right. but like violence. And you're, you're like, so it's like, yeah, just a thirst for power and yeah. control. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, so it's like, you know, having that, that, that angle where it's like, ah, I'm, you know, like the, the power is focused through this, like God complex is religious, whatever, I don't know, small dick energy shit. Like, like it would be like, okay, this is like a story that you know, it's it's oh, it's almost a little cliche, but it's like, hey, this is something that we've seen a bunch, but like it makes so much sense in the situation. Like, it's not like he didn't use it to manipulate yeah. people. And I think that's what was terrifying about him. Like when the glove came off and he like hit that girl and was like, you know, I'm your dad. It was like, whoa, this guy like really thinks yeah. he's like this like holy father. Like, you know, your dad died. So accept me as your dad. And like, you have no choice to do that. Like, I was just like, that's like right. fucking strange and to do it like right in front of her mom too yeah. and like the then like silence the mom right. it was like like how he just showed all that 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 um that power in that moment where it's like yeah i can do this to this kid you're not gonna do anything about it i don't give a fuck if your husband died and i'm your dad like it's like what the shit <laughs> like i was like that is like this is the most bizarre right. thing i've been seeing and it was like scary as hell and part of it was scary to me because I was like, oh, this is definitely yeah. coming from religion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. This um, I think this uh, this was a villain that's, you know, David's a villain that's hard to do convincingly. But, but we had Nolan North and we had Scott Shepard, two amazing actors, give like kind of unique takes on a very interesting uh, antagonist and give us like two incredible performances but with this one dude there, there so many scenes to just really chew on and and take something out of uh yeah this is great i think my last thought the only thing i'll say after at the end of this is that i was so happy with pedro going uh wrathful protective father yep. mode uh as joel just you know the interrogation scene was perfect i couldn't have asked for more uh just a pop your fucking kneecap off was so good. He, yeah, just like he was, he, he's really doing the, you know, you, you, I guess you could say Troy Baker walked as Joel. So uh, Pedro could run as, as Joel. And that's, that's true to some extent, but he's really just giving his own flavor to so much of this, of this dialogue. So many of these scenes. Um, and no, it's, it's, per, it's so cool to see. It's so great. Um, and in the same, in the same vein, Bella, again, as always killing it, just, walking like you know sort of taking what ashley johnson did as ellie and just really spinning off of what you know spinning off of it uh making it her own and the way she delivered ellie's the little girl that broke your fucking finger the way she screamed it god the she, her energy is just um on point all the time so no uh, just lots to love about this episode lots to be creeped out by as well but also lots yeah to love. this is a creepy ass episode i think like on that insane point what i love about yeah. this episode the most 
is that they didn't fall into the hero trope because it would have been so easy to make this like mm -hmm. the big connection that happens between Joel and Ellie is like Joel busts in and saves the day at the last minute. And I love how they like teased yeah. it for people who right. haven't played the game. You know, it's like Joel's out here, like Joel's torturing motherfuckers and like popping kneecaps and beating people with pipes. And it's like he's coming wounded. He's coming into this town and this motherfucker's going to put everybody down. And like you're then at the end, it's like all that all right. stuff didn't mean anything. You didn't do anything. She saved herself like she did it. It was just like she just just did it herself. That's a, that's a great point, though. The hero trope, that's so important because actually my wife pointed this out when she watched the episode with me. She, you know, thought it was really incredible and interesting how when Ellie kills David and walks out of the burning steakhouse, she doesn't know where she is. She was taken there. There's a very good chance she probably wouldn't be able to find her way back to where Joel is. She's on her own, lost, without, you know, her protector, without her, you know, this, all this stuff that she had with her. She, it's, it's, the chances are high she would walk into the woods and just, you know, freeze to death, starve to death, yeah. whatever. She would be in a very bad position after that fight, that showdown with David. So Joel does save her. Like, let's not get yeah. that twisted. He does save her. He just doesn't save her from the predator who was after her. She saved herself in that situation. Like I, I mentioned earlier, he saves her emotionally, makes her feel safe again. But yeah, no, that's so good. Subverting the hero trope. Like he's there to make sure that she can walk away from that situation uh, alive. And that's, that's so important. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, no, that, that was so it, important. It nails. It's, it's weird. It nails this whole theme of family. Cause it's like, this is what family does. Yeah. Like, Family doesn't protect, like family doesn't come in and stop your problems, but family is there uh, mm -hmm. to to protect you and console you once you know if if something has happened or in these terrible yeah. moments in your life. Like regardless of what it is, it's like this is the role. Yeah. Like like David spent this whole episode talking about him being everybody's dad, and like the very end of it, Joel. Um, shows like he really shows that he is truly a father like that was a fair thought like he, he his thing is he yes. showed up when she needed him he comforted her it wasn't like what just happened blah blah blah, blah. he knew exactly what to do and mm -hmm. he did it and like he she was mm -hmm. in this like traumatic stupor she was like ready to kill him still because of like everything that she had just went through and like he was able to like calm her down and like that was what was like beautiful about that. Like she protected herself and then he came in and consoled yeah. her. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple podcasts. It really helps us grow the show and be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at more underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.